Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. I thought we weren't working today. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But do you want to talk about some family dynamics and games? Yeah. I think if we're going to if we're going to sit here and hang out, we probably should answer a question. So, family dynamics it is. Please cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am your host, who is an only child that has a half-sister who lives far away, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda, who has is an only child with a stepsister. Look at us, only children. Your name? Talking about, I said it was Senda. Oh, okay, very good. good. Didn't I say it was Senda? I think so, but I, I don't know. I just did I forget? You. Okay, I don't know. I just I recognize you on the Zoom, so I didn't put it in the right order. To be I, fair. Maybe that's what it was. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, for today's topic, um, AD and David asked us on Twitter, Pandas Talk Games, do you have any advice on running games where all the characters are family slash siblings? And we are going to get to that in just a moment. Um, but first, if you're slightly confused because you were like, hey, Phil and Senda, didn't you say you were going to not record um, this week? And yet I'm listening to an episode with the two of you on there. You are correct. Yes. Last week, we did not think we were going to be recording an episode. No. Nope. And then things happened. Um, not fun things. Um, our vacation got turned upside down and um, we are... Uh, in our respective houses, not hanging out together and vacationing, sadly. So uh, instead, we have decided to uh, just do what we do best and record you a show. Yep. So you, you'll get another moment later when we reschedule everything that will tell you there won't be an episode next week. And hopefully that time there really won't be an episode next week. Yes. And uh, for those of you who are um, listeners of the Bamboo Lounge, we'll go into a little more detail about it. But suffice to say, we're here. AD and David gave us a topic, and um, two only children hmm. are ready to tackle the topic about running um, games where the characters are all family slash siblings. Yes. I mean, we both have families. And to be fair, we have kind of complicated families, just not yeah, the we do. sibling part. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. We actually have pretty complicated families. Yeah. Like, um, from that perspective, I'm like, back up a sec, hold the phone. Because if we just say family, like, we both have weird, like, you know... Oh no, my parents my parents were divorced, remarried, both remarried. Like, yeah, like it's just tangly. Yep. It's just a little tangled. It's 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 messy. Yep. It'll only get messier over time. I know. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we are perfectly qualified to handle this topic. Um I've actually done this in a game in the past where um I did a one shot where um all the characters it was like for my old L Hall fantasy game where all the characters were actually related. Uh it turned out to be a lot of fun. And so I got a couple of good takeaways um, from that as well that will pull that I pulled into these notes. So it's um, interesting because I've never played a game where everyone was related, but I have frequently played games where at least two of the characters were related. Sure. 
I mean, I think that's valid too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna tackle David's, which is the all characters, but pretty much everything that we're saying for the all also applies for less than all. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I the one I did for the um for the one shot for El Hall was all the characters were related in an extended family. Yeah. Um. And it actually wound up adding a really interesting dimension to the game. It was a lot of fun. Um. The players who played it uh, really latched onto it. Um, and and played it up, which actually really helped. Um, I mean, you kind of have to if you're yeah. gonna do it. Like you got, you just gotta lean in and make it so. You yep. know, and, and that's what we're gonna talk about today, right? Where that's that is what we're gonna talk about is how to set up this construct, uh, as well as tips for a GM for getting the most out of this construct, um, because you can set it up and then not really capitalize on it, or there are some things that you that we're going to uh, suggest to you to do to really make it feel like it's a family and not just a collection of characters. Yeah. Okay, cool. but first we got to we got to define some stuff, right? Yeah, I was going to say I need you to define some words so that we can have this conversation. So you hit me. You got it. I'll do the two quick definitions and then uh, we can share the dimensions of a family. Sure. All right, really quick. Family, a group of people related to one another by blood or marriage. Listen, that is the textbook definition. Don't. It's not one that I actually hold to. We'll talk about um, a better definition of family um, or a different type of family in a little bit. Um, and then sibling, of course, right? Each of two or more children or offspring having one or both parents in common right? A brother or sister, right? I, I mean, these are terms we think we're all familiar with. Right. I think, but I think we should also say a brother, si- a sister, or a sibling if they are not in the gender binary spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I pulled these from a dictionary, right? Dictionaries are Dictionaries um, hellishly, lag a little tra- hellishly traditional and um, <laughs> very um, binary about certain things. So yes, yes. breathe some, um, breathe some um, latitude, or stretch these a little bit to make them work, um, which is a little bit of what we're going to talk about now. Families, um, family is a very blanket term, right? Saying I have a family is like saying I like fantasy, right? Yeah, there's a what lot that, of ways that works. <laughs> right, what does that even mean, right? <laughs> so we're going to list off, we're going to take turns going back and forth. Um, we're going to list off a few dimensions that help better describe families, Right. Do you want to, would you like to go first? Sure. I, I was just, I was also going to say, so this is the kind of thing that also helps you define it in your games. So we'll, we're going to come back to that later, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say it so that as you're hearing it the first time, you're thinking about that part too. Absolutely. Right? Okay. So um, the first, uh, the first thing we want to clarify is nuclear versus extended, right? So nuclear being like the direct, um, you know, we potentially all live in a house together if we define it in a um, very... I, I, I'm hesitating to use this word because you're going to say it in a second. Why don't I? Why don't I define mine? Yeah, and you go then first. We'll redefine. And then yours. we'll go back. Okay, yep. let's do that. Absolutely. Actually, let's start with the really easy. Right, nuclear versus extended would be like a family that lives in in one unit in a like same location. Yeah, in the same extended location. Extended could be extended could be family that stretches over many places. Yeah, and then I think the general definition is like nuclear, if we think about dictionaries again, because this, like I said, is going to go get pretty, you know, a little aged. But um, if we talk about nuclear, we're talking about like direct passage of genes. If we talk about extended, now we're talking about like a couple of places away, right? Like now we're talking about cousins and 
aunts and uncles and stuff, right? That are probably Absolutely. don't live in the same place with you. Okay, yep. now carry on. I was okay. trying so hard not to say the word that you're going to no, say No, no, because the next, the next two, <laughs> and I take great umbrage with this word. I just couldn't find a better one when I was mm. prepping this. Um, and I'm just going to use air quotes because it, it really grates on me, right? It's traditional, right? Um, and traditional would kind of, traditional goes with the idea of um, mother, father, siblings, that kind of thing. A Versus, dog and a white picket fence. Right. Again, <laughs> grading on me as as I say. 1.5 children and a white picket fence. <laughs> yeah. Versus modern, right? Mm-hmm. Modern being, and again, not a term I like either, but modern being things like taking into account um, divorces, remarriages, polycules, um, same-sex parents, um, like non-gendered parents, you know, uh, co-parenting people who aren't even married who are just re- like so and again i just i mm. <laughs> i know it's really hard to find better words, I, I hate the which- word traditional because um it was used um it just on a personal note having come from a family that was a quote modern family divorced and remarried like it was used in the 70s and 80s like it was some sort of affliction like, yeah, that you that you had a quote broken home family was the, like yeah. <laughs> broken home was like one of the terms they used, right? Yeah. So I, I have a lot of struggle with this, but in terms of our dimensions, are we talking about uh, a are we talking about a family unit um, that conforms to what we consider traditional, old fashioned fantasy, whatever kind of mother, father, siblings lineage, or are we talking about something that includes um other alternative ways different from just mother father in providing those structures yes okay cool now going to your nuclear versus extended yes nuclear would be considered a traditional family in a lot of senses it doesn't have to right like no actually i think you can i think you can say traditional nuclear you can say nuclear you can say modern nuclear family which is which i like better right yeah like modern nuclear family like putting these two together uh, actually, I think helps greatly to define both because like yes. a modern nuclear family might be a, a father, a stepmother, um, like a daughter, a step sibling kind of thing. Yeah. Right. All living in one house under one roof. Yep. Um, an extended modern family could have, you know, um, you know, parents, siblings, um, a pair of gay uncles, like just you know, yeah, like step siblings, and then step, any way you like it, step, step, um, nibblings, and yeah, like you know, it gets complicated. Yeah, just <laughs> you know, just like, like my step nephew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, infinite diver- you know, infinite combinations and infinite diversity, right? Yes. Like, yep. Um, so blending those two together, right? I think helps Makes kind of. Define it. Okay, let's talk about another dimension. Give me one more. Give me another one. Yeah. So small versus large, right? Mm-hmm. So what the the I have a very small family. It doesn't do extend too. very far, um, meaning that I have like direct relations. I have my dad. I have um, an uncle and an aunt and a, a half aunt. Right. That's, I have a slightly <laughs> larger family. My um, my kiddo's mother is um my kiddo's mother she comes from a family of um where her mother was one of 13 children 
So that she was my is, ex too. <laughs> she is one of 50 cousins. It's um, really overwhelming when you are accustomed to having four cousins and three like aunt uncle situations. They actually have a numbering system by which to um, determine where they are in the family tree oh so that when gosh. new people come in, you, they can kind of quickly figure out like if you can learn the 13 aunts and uncles, um, then you can figure out where any of the kids fit based on that nomenclature. It's a thing. Yeah, I just had my ex like testing me on the plane to the first time that I met them oh, all. Oh, like, I, 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 <laughs> I did like a, a flip, like it wasn't flip cards, it was photos in an album. Yeah. But it was to learn the 13 and then from there, like this person is this person's kid. Oh, got you. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, big families and small versus families. small families, yep. Um, the next one is functional versus dysfunctional. Um, and this is this is basically describing uh, a functional family is a family that has uh, non-toxic behavior, that has uh, ways of health of dealing in healthy ways of conflict resolution and things like that. A dysfunctional family is toxic in some sort of way. Um, they they can't resolve issues. Um, without causing harm or they just don't resolve issues, those kinds of things. And I think that's a really important consideration when we talk about families um, because um, it's a real thing. And it's a yeah. real thing about why people sometimes have problems with families. Yeah. So um, it, I think it, it's something that you have to be very clear on is, is this going to be a healthy and supportive environment or is this going to be something that has the potential to be toxic? Right. Um, for, my, for my older listeners... Um, who may have read the Amber Chronicles by Roger Zelazny, um, that family is exceedingly dysfunctional <laughs> as they, you know, attempt murder to murder each, each other? other and things like that. They are a family and they are actually a nuclear family. Um, a large, they are a large, um, they are a large modern, um, they are a large modern nuclear dysfunctional family. Um, to the extreme, um, where murdering or laying siege to each other, like in realm, like was not out of the possibility. So um, keep that in mind. Also, functional and dysfunctional, um, there is what they actually are, functional versus dysfunctional, and there is what they appear oh, to be. Or what they think they are. Correct. Because this is also a family a may think they're perfectly functional and be utterly toxic, or... Conversely, and this can be for humorous effect, a family can look completely dysfunctional, but at its core, actually be very supportive, sweet, and, and everything else, right? Those those play in both, um, those work in either combination. Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the movie that I watched with my kiddo that was so good recently about the robots, but I can't. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's the... Yep, it's I know it, the I, but I can't remember the versus the yep. machines and I can't remember the family's name, but they, they are an example in a humor situation of a family that um, has a lot of initial like dysfunctional pieces, but is in fact very healthy communicative. I mean, it's a movie, so it takes, you know, the invasion of earth to get them to communicate, but you know, they care about each other a lot. Hey, so <laughs> characters live extraordinary lives. It's yeah, entirely exactly. possible. It's entirely possible to start your game with a dysfunctional family and become a functional one. Yes. It's okay. very good. Okay. Anyway, L lastly, so no, it's 
Yes. Okay, good. Lastly. <laughs> are, are you okay? Yes. Okay. I, I thought you had went, something else. I know. I just went through like a stutter circle there. It's all good. That's fine. We're here. Okay. Lastly, we need to talk about one more thing, um, which is blood family versus chosen family. Um, the idea of blood family being that's like through genetics, through marriage or whatever, um, it's the family that you like, you know, you're like born with or grow up with. Chosen family is the concept that at some point in your life, um, you choose a group of people to be uh, your family. And this is, I think, a um, this is a very big theme in queer communities, that chosen family is very much, um, especially in a world where um, as a queer person, you can't be sure that your blood family is going to accept you, that many queer people have built chosen families to um, be the support network that they need it to be in the absence of acceptance from their blood families. Yeah, there's even entire games, honestly, and I, I just wanted to bring this up since we're talking about it, right? There's entire games because this is such a thing um, that focus purely on either the maintenance or creation of that chosen family. So the one that I'll mention is Our Traveling Home um, by Ash Kreider, which is a beautiful, wonderful game that I've played a couple times now, and I can't recommend it enough. So yep. if you are into playing a game specifically for the chosen family feels, um, go check it out. Yeah, absolutely. And so I wanted to bring up chosen family because everything else we described kind of was on the assumption that we were talking about um, blood families. But um, you can just put blood versus chosen at the top and start down this list Mm -hmm. um, as well. Um, The important part to remember is that no matter which combination of things you pick off this list, all of them are families. Yeah. Uh, They're all valid families, so... Exactly. (laughs) They are all families. They are all valid families. Um, You can have a chosen, small, dysfunctional family. You can have a traditional, nuclear, dysfunctional family. Um, Like, whatever. Like, however you you make your choices through this, plus whatever other um, dimensions you add on to this, the thing is, families are... Families are valid. Um, there is no, um, there is no rule about what constitutes a quote, true family, right? Like if people are, if people are loved, we'd like them all to be functional, right? We have to acknowledge that not all of them are, but short of that family is family. So start with that. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's now having talked about all that, can we, um, how do we get this started if we're doing like, in an RPG, I think I'm going to set this first part up and then I'm going to kick it over to you about how to start this. Sure. So in RPGs, the family construct is a quick way to create relationships between all the characters, right? So if we go with AD and, D, AD and David's um, original proposal, if all the characters are going to be family, that also implies all the characters have relation have a relationship between each other all the way around. Yeah. Okay, yep. cool. That's what we're setting out to do. Um, where do we start? Yeah, so the place that you start with pretty much any relationship um, that you're constructing before you start play, and I would think that a family relationship would be like that, because it's not... I was about to say, it's not usually the kind of thing that you find out midway through, but it totally could be looking at you, George Lucas. Anyway, um, (laughs) but probably if this is your goal coming in and you know everybody's going to be family, you're probably doing this in your session zero. Um, It should be part of your session zero discussion. Um, partially because you need to get a, um, consent for a bunch of this, right? So in session zero, um, 
you would definitely want to be talking about um, what kind of family you're going to have and making sure that you are covering with anyone who's sitting at that table um, any family issues that they want to make sure are not going to come up in play um, or if there are any specific family members or types of family members that they do not want to have at the table. Um, so like, you know, if if you had a bad relationship with your dad and you did not want to recreate that at the table as a bad, weird situation, I would not want to create that for you, right? Like, that would be the kind of thing that we would want to talk about in session zero before we actually create a family to make sure that we're not um, creating dynamics that are harmful to anyone at the table. Um, and that might apply to specific people being part of the family. That might apply to specific um, types of relationships. It might re apply to... Um, just the style of family. Um, so that's that's kind of the discussion to have, right? I mean, it could extend to the idea that, no, I don't want us to be I don't want to be a right? family. Like, yeah. Somebody could have come from an incredibly toxic family and been like, I absolutely do not want to play in a family construct. Like, yeah. that will make this, that, will, that would make any game worse for me. Um, and then, like you said, it could just simply be like... Um, Yes, I I'm okay playing in a family, but like I really like yeah, I don't want my I don't I don't want dads. Like I don't want anyone to play right. the dad in this I, like I don't want anyone us. to play the dad or I don't want a I don't want dad, the dad of this in specific the game. kind. Like it yeah. could be and it can be anywhere along that spectrum, right? Yep. Um the last time that I set up what was moving towards a family dynamic, I guess, because it was my fiance, like we had a very specific conversation about um, having a dysfunctional relationship, but not a maliciously dysfunctional relationship. And like, that's a key definer. Yep. And it's a very fine, like little line, but that's what I needed to make that play fun instead of bad, potentially harmful, potentially yep. therapy for me at the table that everyone else would have to deal with. Right. And that was a very key thing that we had to sit down and define for that particular relationship. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely session zero, right? Needs to be um needs to be a part of this because I think that um the thing that you don't want to assume is that uh everybody's cool with families. Yeah. Right? We I just mean, you just can't you won't you just can't, right? So just start with the start with the idea that maybe not everybody's cool with family and build your consent up. Yeah, from there. Okay. Yeah, yes. don't assume and then have to drop down. Start from the bottom. Start and from the be bottom. Like, Is everybody cool with, with family? Consent. Yeah. And then take each step with consent in terms of what kind of family, et cetera, that we're going to talk through next. Right? Yep. Cool. Um, assuming everybody's on board with with the idea of a family and figuring out like the structure, um, work through those dimensions we listed as a group, right? Talk about blood versus chosen, nuclear versus extended, traditional versus modern, small versus large, functional versus dysfunctional. Define those for your family. Yeah. Um, and 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 I say we have these as verses, but yeah. some of these are like scales, right? right. Like some of them you, you can like, slide between on a spectrum. Yeah, like for instance, like you could have most of the players in a nuclear family, but like one player is like the uncle, right? Works. <laughs> Yep, right, like no problem. Um, you could have a family that's like mostly functional, except about one topic. Right, like or, maybe they're all cool unless money is discussed, right. and then everybody's like bonkers. Uh, uh, sorry, trying to work on these terms. Everybody is, you know, toxic about yep. money. Um, 
it can be any of those things, right? So these aren't, I, I, I don't want, I, I'm always afraid when we give, because a lot of times when we give advice, we, we do like these high level simplifications, but understand there's a lot of nuances in these things, right? So um, functional dysfunctional does not have to be an all or nothing switch. Right. Um, it could be it like can very much so, be that some specific relationships in the family might be dysfunctional, but others are very functional. Right. Right. Or maybe the family overall um, is pretty loving, but completely suck at giving care to one another. Right. Or like, maybe they really like, support each other, but they're terrible at communicating. Like, sure. you know, <laughs> it could be any of those things. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, cool. Cool. And then, you know, and there can be individual problems. Um, and again, some of these are, these are a lot of these things are going to be the things you want to build consent on, but like, you know, somebody could have a substance abuse problem. That's like a common theme in my, in my, uh, extended family. Like that's a, that's good. It's almost a running joke in my family. Um, so yes, like you can work through all those things. Cool. Cool. So then from there, the next kind of step, once you've defined what kind of family, and of course it can keep evolving as you're going. These are not like, oh, you finished step two, so now you can't review it. But like, you know, kind of logically next step is to then define um, each particular character or player's um, role that they want to play within the family dynamic that you have kind of discussed, created, and gotten consent for, right? So, for example, they might be the first child or the last child, um, an uncle, a stepmother, mother, etc. Right? Like, what is an interesting, um, what is an interesting role for them to step into within the dynamic that you have created? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, then players, once you've done that, once you know your where you fit in the family um, structure, um, you should then figure out your relationships between all the other characters. Right. Um, this isn't going to be a case where in most like in most cases, this isn't going to be a case where you wander into a tavern and you don't know these people. Yeah. Um, these are your family <laughs> members. Like, what is your impression of your uncle? What is the impression of your younger brother, your mother? Though, like you should be able to quickly jot down some notes and make them up. Right. And work them out with the characters. Like if you're going to have some sort of tension with a relationship between you and another character, uh, quick talk that through. Hey, are you cool if, you know, I feel like you're smothering me? Like, yeah. you know, and and I think the key question to answer is how does your position in the family specifically affect your relationships to others? Because, you know, your uncle might remember when you were a tiny baby and, you know, he doesn't he just treats you the same way that he did when you were five and he's never moved past that. But you're 20 now, but your younger siblings have only known you as the cool older sibling. Right. Um, so like you're, how, how does that position work? And then how do those, um, interesting relationships just, you know, mesh together into the weird, the weird net of, of relationships that we call families these days? Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Perfect. Good, good, good. Okay. Now, everything we just described to you is how you build a family structure for your group, right? We haven't even like, we haven't even started playing the game yet. We've gotten basically just a family built for your group. Yes. Good start. Good start. We're going to finish out the rest of this episode by giving some general tips. Some of these will be things that you will do in session zero. Some of these things will be things you will do during the game. But here are um, our assortment of tips. They are in no order and they are by no means a, a, a complete and exhaustive list. But these are some of our tips for now leveraging that family structure while you're playing your game. 
Yes. Do you want to take the first one? Sure. Um, I just realized another word and I was jotting it down. Um, yeah. So the first one is that when we talk about functional families, functional families forgive, right? They're, you can have characters. They may be in conflict. Um, but eventually at some point in the game or in the past before you start, whatever it is, conflict in functional families will be resolved in a supportive and loving way, right? Um, not in a, well, fine, I guess I'm never talking to you kind of way. That's dysfunctional. <laughs> yes. Um, and it also means things that we would also consider functional. And again, this is a scale as we discussed before, but if you have a, a really functional family, they also communicate well. So they're able to express if there is a problem. They're able to hear if there is a problem. And then they're able to work on that together. And they have healthy understanding of boundaries um, so that they can have space and um, their selfhood as people, right? So to that, for dramatic purposes, the opposite is true for dysfunctional families. Yeah. Right? So if you are looking for a little extra drama in your game, oh, yes. dysfunctional families <laughs> have no respect of boundaries, fail to communicate properly, rarely forgive, are toxic in certain ways, and will create a whole level of uh, drama around any kind of problem real or perceived. Oh, yes. The last yes. time I played this was in a game of cartel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like, that might be a perfect place. It was a Although very that good might place be a perfect for it. Pla- right. And they, there might be, I mean, playing a functional family in a game of cartel could be incredibly that dangerous. Be, like for, oh, for everyone else. Yeah. Well, for everyone else, but also like incredibly interesting if you really did get all the characters in on it. Because yeah. there's going to be points where they end up having to make some really difficult decisions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so, moving right along. Yeah. So, so just keep that in mind about functional and dysfunctional families, right? So, functional families, uh, it, bumps are going to get smoothed out over time. Dysfunctional families, bumps are going to become bigger bumps over time. Yeah, they might keep score, or um, you know, just keep or have things it up melt or, down in the middle of yep. something important. And yep. think about the 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 thing about this this tip is consider which one of these you want happening at your table, right? If you are playing um, a traveling family in D&D and, um, you know, you're doing good, finding treasure, stuff like that, you probably want a family that's probably more functional um, because they stay focused on doing those good deeds or whatever. Um, If you are playing, um, you know, Passions to passionades. Oh right? my like, gosh. <laughs> a, like, like a dysfunctional family is probably is the, the best. best thing, right? To do. Um you and I and I guess what this comes down to is functional families, um, because things will smooth out over time, there'll be a little focus on the issue and then it's gonna go away and fade into the background. Right. So if you want if you want family issues to arise and disappear, have a functional family unit, they'll come up, they can be dealt with in like a scene or two, and then they fade into the background dysfunctional families are the kinds of things where um this shit will blow up and stop whatever progress is being made in the game to deal with this Mm -hmm. um i.e many of my thanksgivings as a child um where too much alcohol too much time waiting for the turkey and too many family members in one room leads to an explosive situation um this shit will happen um if you are looking to make steady progress through your games, dysfunctional families are going to impede that. Yeah, it depends Just, on what the purpose of the game is. Just to be clear, well, right? Like, also, 
you know, lean into what you're trying to accomplish with the family. Right? If your good do-gooders are traveling across the country trying to do well and find treasure or whatever, and then they blow up in the middle of a town and have like a complete meltdown, that might be fun if you like drama, but it uh-huh. might not be what you were shooting for for the purposes of having a of family the game. in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Consider fair. both. Okay. And let's uh, say, let me say one more thing on this topic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is worth it when you say, yes, we're going to have a dysfunctional family to define with people exactly what you mean by dysfunctional and the ways in which you might be dysfunctional or which relationships are dysfunctional so that you can make sure that you are not hitting on any specific dysfunctions that people have been raised with or lived with that they may not want to experience at the table. So that's a really an important one to make sure that you're hitting session zero safety wise and then making sure you're sticking with that as you play that stuff out. Yeah. Okay. I just had to say one more thing no, about no, that dysfunction. Perfectly fine. Okay. And that should have all come up in your that session should have all zero. Come up in your session That's zero. That's all session yeah. zero stuff, right? Yeah. All right. Um, Next. Or, or, sorry, I'll say one more thing about it. When in doubt, or if you feel that, you know, evolving, um, there is nothing that says you can't stop the game for a second and say, hey, I think this is kind of where this is going. Are you okay with that? Right? Yep, it absolutely. is okay to stop and ask for consent out of character before you do a thing that you're not sure about. Um, or that intensifies the situation significantly, whatever it is. Just, you know, just check. Just like check. Just check. Yep. Okay. I agree. Cool. Carry on. All right. Next one to consider is families have built-in power dynamics. Whether you want them or not, um, you need to take this into account, right? Um, parent characters have implied power and authority over children characters. Um, elder characters have implied authority over younger characters. I'm using this from a traditional Western perspective. Um, your power dynamics within a family are going to depend on um, your um, how you and your group perceive um, families. Yeah, and is that fair? Is that fair to say? I mean, yeah, that's totally fair. And also, like you know, there might be other weird power dynamics, like you know, um, the oldest daughter took over when mom left, and so now she's like the caretaker person but she hates it but everyone like treats her like she has to be in that position so this stuff can get complicated it's super worth talking it through and you have to acknowledge that at the table in character um there are those potential power dynamics And, and that's why we need and that's why we need to bring it up right so if you are making a family structure where you have the a parent the parents or whatever in the um as part of the player characters by default based on and again i'm just going to use a western framework here because i i live in america and this is you know how i perceive how this has been my experience with families the children are going to look for the parents for direction if you do siblings and you say like look we are all siblings right the parents are npcs we are all sibling characters um one of you is the oldest sibling and that also tends to be the person that winds up um, being, quote, in charge, unless you specifically work to dismantle that. Yeah. Now, the reason I bring this up is that in any game where there are power dynamics among the players, such as rank, um, like in a Star Trek game where you have bridge crew that have different ranks, family dynamics where you have, you know, parents and children or elders and younger children, whatever – these implied power dynamics wind up getting role played. Some people may not enjoy them, mm-hmm. right? Some people may not want to take orders from another character. 
Um, or they might, or everybody might be okay with it, right? So if you have this whole discussion back in your session zero and you're like, cool, we're all going to play um, siblings and you say, hey, we need to recognize what do we do about like, is the eldest sibling in charge or are we all working together? Like you can make that decision. What I'm saying is because families have implied power dynamics, if you don't address it, it's going to creep up anyway. So address it ahead of time. Yeah. And I think there's a really important thing to note about um, power dynamics just generally at the table. Um, But especially for families where it tends to be more implied and less explicit. Um, It is really important to remember that the power dynamics apply to your characters, not you, the people playing at the table. And so um, the, that, that being really important because we are sitting down together to tell a story and um, you know, if you're playing mom and someone else is playing little Susie and little Susie is always getting into trouble. So mom never takes her eyes off of her. Little Susie never gets to play her character because every time she starts to turn or do something, if you, the player are like, Oh, well I see everything all the time. So I'm going to stop her. She never gets to do anything. So if you, the player acknowledge that the other player also gets time to play their character then there's going to be a point at which mom's eyes are not on little Susie and she gets to go off and do something, right? That's the point. Otherwise, she doesn't get to play her character. Like, she literally doesn't. So exactly. um, so it is really key, I think, to remember that the power, the power dynamic applies to the characters, not the players. Do not use um, your player knowledge to enforce the character power dynamic unless it is to further the story. Um, that you're all telling together, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's just more interesting if little Susie does run off and get lost in a cave system and then mom gets to freak out because she never looks away and she doesn't understand how it could have happened, right? That's a way more interesting story than mom looks, sees little Susie's heading out the door and says, where are you going? And stops her. And then like, uh, okay, cool. That was our game for tonight. Nothing happens. <laughs> like, I'll let people still do things. Do not yep. use your power dynamic to prevent other people from taking action. That's what I'm trying yep. to get at. Just remember, I'm with you. it's in character. You're telling a story together as players, even though your characters may have a power dynamic. Key stuff. You want to do the next one? Yes, sure. Um, so the next one is death and triggers. Um, so this is a big one. Again, this is session zero stuff. Um, but, you know, maybe... You don't want to experience, um, you know, having a sibling die in the middle of a campaign. Um, Maybe that's a little bit too close for comfort. Maybe it's just a scary thing. Whatever it is, maybe that's just not something you want to deal with. So it's important then to build a family in which you won't create that situation for yourself. Um, Personally, this is one of my uh, hard limits that I have, you know, down in pretty much either a line or a veil depending on the game every single game that i sit down to i don't do parental death it's not a thing that i you you don't want to do parental death with me at the table then this game becomes a therapy session for me and you get to be my therapist so none of us want that to happen so we don't do parental death when i'm sitting at the table like that's just the way that it goes um and sometimes i'm in a place where the game is okay where i'm like cool it can be veiled like it could have happened off screen before we started the game and I'm fine with that but I am not 
okay with having it happen on screen during the game, right? So that's a safety thing for me. And it means that if we are doing something dangerous, <laughs> um, if we're playing cartel and there is, you know, a mother-child uh, relationship in that game or we're going dungeon crawling or wherever it is, um, then it means that we need to have taken steps to ensure that that doesn't happen. And that might mean mom's not a PC and she doesn't go on these adventures or like whatever it is, right? But you need to take steps to make sure um, that these are not things that are going to rear their ugly heads up and bite you. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, this is acknowledging, right, the potential for some trauma landmines. Um, yeah. You know, if all of a sudden you're like, you know, if all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know, Bob's character died. That's my brother. And you've lost a sibling before, right? Like that, you know, you know, like that may be more than you want to take on in a game. Yeah. And so we just, we have to understand that by giving a family structure to characters, depending on the game you're playing, um, you know, you need to kind of determine how, again, likely is death in the game that you're playing and then how comfortable is everybody with that? Um, you know, if you're playing a game where character death isn't really a thing, you know, like where characters are just taken out, like let's say you're playing a superhero family. Sure. Right. And, you know, unless everybody kind of consents in that somebody's going to sacrifice a character or something that like the worst thing that can happen to you is like you get beat down and out of the, um, you know, you're knocked out of the scene. Um, then everybody might be like, sure, that's fine, right? right. If mom gets We're, knocked out in the middle of a scene, it doesn't okay. mean mom's dead. She's just out of the scene, whatever, whatever. Passion de um, la passiones, which has lots of weird family dynamic potential, right? Um, right. When you get knocked out of a scene, then you come back later with, you know, something weird happens, like you have amnesia or like whatever, right? right. And it just follows the tropes because inevitably you're going to end up coming back. Yeah. Right. Now, if you're playing Call of Cthulhu, that's that's really different. <laughs> you need like you need to like you need to make sure everybody's on board that siblings, family members, or whatever could go insane, could be you know unalived, all of those things. Mm -hmm. All right, Shag, so, shagged by a shoggoth. Right. So just keep that in mind, right? Because that is a thing that could happen in your game. Kind of match up where your game is with like its general lethality. Yes. Okay. Next one: family structures work best with a small amount of tension between family members. Right. If everybody harmoniously gets along, then it what it's not really as much fun. Right. You have been together your whole lives. There are things about these people that get on your nerves. Yeah. Right. There and there are, are dynamics <laughs> within families. Right. So, you know, you might have like you might be playing the middle child and always want to prove yourself because no one's taking you seriously. Yep. Um, you could be the overprotective parent. You could be the doting grandparent. Right. Um whatever those things are, you should come up with some of those during character gen is like, you're figuring out your character. Like, where are you in this structure? And like, what's like, what's your tension? Like maybe you have a rivalry with your older sibling because you want to be taken seriously. And the older sibling like is always in charge of stuff. Um, you know, those kinds of things, whatever those things are, they should be playful, right? Um, they will make, they will make for fun little things in like during the game in between like in scenes and stuff like that. Um, 
they can get dramatic and they could be dramatic if you want them to be. But if they're playful, they're the kind of thing that you can kind of interject like in the middle of scenes, like you're lining up to fight monsters and the character who's playing the oldest one's like, oh, I'm going to take the ogre. And it's like, oh, you always take the ogre, Greg. Like, why don't I like, you know what? I can take the ogre. Like, you know, why is it you always have to defeat the largest monster on the battlefield when I can easily just do it as because I'm as good as you are? Oh, no, by all means, you go fight the ogre, right? Like, that's a fun little sibling thing that you can inject into a game by having those like little tensions right yeah so do those like come up with those like right figure out like who's got you know who's annoyed by who or oh you're always complaining right you know those kinds of things and then once you have those things as a gm give a little space and scenes for that bit of family banter. If, if, if the two characters are arguing over who should fight the ogre, don't immediately like skip somebody's turn and smack them with the ogre. Let them have the little, um, let them have the little banter, even let them adjust the initiative. If one of them's like, Oh no, by all means you go fight him. And like, you know, like I'll fall back in initiative and Greg can go, you know, like, and you know, Todd can go first. Yeah. I'm like, I have this vision. I feel like that's a sort of typical movie way to approach this, which is like, you know, ogre running forward, brandishing weapon, rawr, they start fighting about it. And then like ogre is like, eh? and then they're like, just give us a second, you know, and then you just, you, you get this little banter moment and the ogre's like standing there like, rawr, you know, so I feel like we have some media stuff that we can also draw on to create this kind of scene. Um, yeah. And to have that yeah. pause, even if it's combat thing, even if it's a D and D combat thing. Um, yeah. And they're fun. Like it, it can be a lot of fun to inject those things. And again, this isn't a thing that's like unique to families, right? Cause you can totally have this thing in like just a group of, of, um, of characters. Yeah. But within families, these things turn out to be like, these things have been a product of having all grown up together. Yeah. They're just really ingrained because they've been around for a long time. Yep. I mean, so that leads into our next point, which is that families have spent their whole lives together or, you know, depending on, if you're the mom, I guess you didn't, but you've spent a lot of time, right, um, with each other, and you have shared notable events and memorable stories because you have these shared um, collective memories that everybody was present for in one way or another, right? And they could be remembered slightly differently depending on how old people were and all that kind of stuff, which is just fun. But creating some of these stories while you're creating your family in the background for your family is it's fun, right? And it's cool. And it gives you all a point of reference um, during your actual play um, that you can bring up, right? So our example here is like the time dad flipped the raft. But my particular family story is the time my dad dropped the Thanksgiving turkey on the floor trying to get it out of the oven, right? So every... Oh, did that really happen? It really happened. And every Thanksgiving, we're like, don't drop the turkey because there was a year that he dropped the turkey. <laughs> like... Yeah. Right. So that's like it's, but it's like a shared memory thing, and now it happens every year. <laughs> for my for my family, it's my dad uh, driving in Boston. Um, Boston has a very confusing road uh, system. Yeah, it he does. Was trying, <laughs> he was trying to get to this hotel, and for the life of him, could not. And this is pre GPS oh, days. Boy. Could not find the way there. And my mother, 
um, myself and my best friend were having a good laugh of it until my dad got upset. Um, and my dad, who is the most mild manner person in the world, raised his voice in the one of like four times I've ever heard him raise his voice in the decades that he has been my father. Um, and we were all like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, we shrunk down the seat. We're like, hey, let's just let dad get to the hotel, right? Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, we often use, um, we often use the quote from uh, Holiday, or was it um, uh, European Vacation? Look, kids, Big Ben, Parliament, as a reference to the fact that my dad could not find this hotel, could not get to this hotel. We found he it. Found he could it. not get, get to there. it. Sure. It's quite, it was quite funny. Anyway, <laughs> um, the next one, which goes hand in hand with, um, with Senda's last one, is uh, families have traditions. They do things as a family. It could be that they, the way they have um, a Sunday dinner, could be the things they do when they celebrate a hobby. Whatever it is, uh, a when you're building your family, they celebrate a, a holiday. The way they celebrate a holiday. Yeah, you said the way they celebrate a hobby, and I was just clarifying. I thought I said holiday. Okay, we'll keep going. I'm so sorry I interrupted you. The way they celebrate a holiday. There you go. <laughs> um, whatever it is, make up some. Um, you know, my parents and I have very specific um, kind of holiday traditions. Like, um, I, you know, um, I have eggnog with my mom. You know, I, my mom and I are the only two in our family that drink eggnog. And so um, I get a small amount of it and I make a little eggnog for my mom and I on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, my son and I watch Die Hard on Christmas <laughs> Eve. That is, a, that is a tradition. We've done it for many years, but we settle in and we watch Die Hard together. We watch them up at Christmas Carol, so. Sure, that's a great one. Yep. Also a good, also a pretty good, um, pretty good Christmas music, uh, Christmas movie, like Die Hard. Yeah, like Die Hard. Anyway, good. Moving right along, families yes. also have secrets, right? And sometimes these are funny, they can be serious, they can be scandalous. Um, they could be criminal. They could be criminal. Yeah. Or they could even just be things that people forget to tell you. Like, by the way, Senda, going back generations, everyone in your family has had IBS. They just didn't know what to call it that. We just didn't mention it to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> these things happen, right? Um, but secrets are fun. Um, we've talked about secrets, I think, before. I've also written about this on Gnome Stew. This is the kind of thing you should decide together as a group so that everybody as a player knows the secret and is in on it and can play into it then as characters. But the things to decide as characters are things like who knows, who doesn't know, who might be suspicious, and what will it change if it comes out, right? I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it one one past it. Not if it comes out, right? When it um, comes a secret, out, a secret a secret is a Chekhov's gun, right? As soon as you create it, <laughs> it's gonna come out during the game, or everyone's going it to needs be, to come out. During it'll the be game. very disappointing if it doesn't. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So do that. So do that. All right. Last one. Families grow over time. Um, family members get married. Some of them choose to have kids. Um, in whatever configuration, choose to have kids adopt, have, etc. Um, but the thing is, when one this happens, it's a family-wide event. Mm -hmm. Like you don't just have a kid. Like your whole family gets involved in it. Um from you know, from asking questions to sending presents to uh, baby shower, like all of those things. So consider that these events are moments for the whole family. Like you could be playing a cartel game and El Jefe's daughter gets engaged. 
that's a thing, right? Like there's going to be a party. Um, like it's going like that. That's going to have repercussions that the son-in-law is about to get closer to the family that has, um, things within the game. The son-in-law's family is about to get closer to the family. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> these are things that now need to be like discussed and dealt with. And so they can make for great drama. They can also make for a lot of fun, a marriage within a set of really, you know, a character gets married while adventuring and the rest of the, you know, p- players are there as, you know, family to welcome the new character to the family and all the setup for a wedding. Like that can be a really nice change of pace, right? From like, you know, monster slaying all week to, Hey, this week we are setting up a wedding. Sorry. You're making me the one time I've ever done a wedding an actual wedding that we went through with in a game was the one that I had to fake. Um, my character yes. had to fake and it was, Oh my God, it was so intense and depressing. Um, it was amazing, but um, yeah. So the, the question to ask, um, just because it's the interesting part of this, um, relationship-wise is when whatever family event happens, does it or how does it change the dynamics for that person or other people around them, right? There's, I mean, because there's weird stuff, right? Like I was, um, I gave birth to the first grandchild, Um on on all sides of my family at the time so my my ex um in-laws and um and my family directly (laughs) didn't really change very much on my side of the family um but uh definitely felt different with my in-laws and that it was like much more like i was really part of the family and it was pretty immediate upon having a baby it was wild (laughs) Oh, it's a thing. It's right? very like, much it's... a thing. So, so it's worth talking about. How does that? How does whatever it is? Does how the the engagement, having a baby, all of that kind of stuff, like getting, um, you know, welcoming a child into a family. Like, how does that change the dynamics of the family? Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah. Cool. All right. That is our. That's our discussion of. Um, that's our discussion about families as um, character relationship constructs. Um, I think we've covered a lot. We covered everything from defining, um, defining and describing families, setting it up during character creation session zero, and a whole bunch of tips on how to get, um, how to make it feel like a family when you're actually um, playing. A lot of this is going to be um, influenced by the game you're playing, um, and then the rest of it's going to be influenced by um, the family that you choose to build. Um, but you can actually do a, you can actually you can actually get a lot out of this. Yeah. And it's good cool. stuff because um relationships, especially close relationships are very fun to play in my opinion. Um cuz that's just the uh, emotional good stuff that I like playing, so I'm super into this. So, we want to hear about your cool family relationships in your games. We are going to um speedily move through mm-hmm. the wrap the closing of the show because um we are running a tad on the long side today and like to leave a few minutes for some bamboo lounge. So send a very quickly tell me um about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Yeah. Um on the Gnomecast, several gnomes from Gnomes do get together to talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew. Cool. 
Uh, Senda, where can people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. Um, or you can find us on the Tiki Talkies. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Cool. Uh, once you find us, uh, leave us a topic. Give us an idea for a show, just like AD and David did today. Um, man, I, I, we just love them, right? <laughs> we are 100% here for answering um, questions that you have about gaming, uh, because ultimately what we're trying to do here is um, hopefully give you advice to have um, better games. Right, more better games. More better games. Um, and in the sake of brevity, I'm going to leave it at that. So send us topics. Um, we love to do them. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get access to the Bamboo Lounge, the um, Misdirected Mark After Show, and our fantastic Slack room um, for life. 104 people i think right now cozy little community talking about role-playing games kickstarters food a lot of star trek talk yeah. there's a whole new star trek channel that opened up yep there sure is i'm 100 percent there for it uh just as well as life in general um so come join us uh, we'd love to have you if you are already back in the patreon campaign thank you very much if you're unable to back the patreon campaign we totally understand don't worry about it um there's still a thing you can do for us that is incredibly helpful which is to get the word out about the show um, there are a couple methods of it. Sunday's going to briefly tell you about one in a second, but I'm going to tell you that the most effective is just telling people that, you know, or that you see on social media, right? So next time, one of those posts like, Hey, what, you know, tabletop role-playing game thing should I be listening to? Drop our name. If you feel comfortable with that, um, we would ap appreciate it greatly. Um, I don't like to do it. Like I don't jump into people's threads and be like, listen to my show. So like, I'm kind of relying on you guys. Cause, um, if I'm going to, I mean, if I'm going to pimp the show, I'm not pimping it at somebody. I'll throw like a general post out, but I don't poke people directly. So, um, if you guys aren't doing it, I'm, I'm not doing it. Um, so if you can, if you feel like it, we appreciate it. Send there's another thing. Can you just briefly tell us what it is? It's pretty, it's still helpful. It's just less personal. Yeah. You can leave us a rating or review on Apple podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help people find the show and hey we've been in the top 50 on apple podcasts in both spain and switzerland yes thank you spain look at thank us you, switzerland um in gaming podcasts to be clear so look at us go <laughs> yeah thanks thanks we're blowing up in europe yep a little bit in japan too not as much but a little bit thank you still on the thank charts <laughs> awesome all right say senda what game do you think would be a complete blast by playing a family in? By playing all of I mean, Passy and Double Passy on This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got. Check, check. I got waveforms. I got waveforms. I got waveforms. You've got waveforms. To quote the great... You've got waveforms. To quote the great clerks, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Yeah, right? Oops. Hey, well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that too. <laughs> 
later. <laughs> a little bit. In the, we'll in talk about it a little lounge. bit in the lounge. We'll talk about it a little bit at the show because we did say there wasn't going to be a show. So. Yeah, we said there wasn't going to be a show. Surprise! Okay, so we should just. All right, get ready to mark some times. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And welcome to another fine episode of Panda's Talking Games. Uh, I am an only child with a half-sister, your host, Phil. Hey, you! Oh, God. Somebody's editing today. <laughs> do you want to just do that again so you can cut it yeah, out? Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> All right. You're going to have to go find this and snip oh, it out. I know, but I'll I give know. you, I'll, I'll give it to you from the top. Okay. Okay. 